Good morning, church. I'm Christian Farrell. I'm here with my sister, Danielle, and my parents, Linka and Cliff. I've been invited today to share a message with Pastor Matt, which is all about faith. Good morning, church. It's good to see you all. Happy Sabbath to you. Happy Valentine's Day, too. It's coming up. Guys, just a friendly reminder. Valentine's Day is coming. Hey, I'm glad you're here on Pathfinder Sabbath. Uh, What an incredible group of Pathfinders we have, amen? Pretty awesome, yeah. A lot of hard work uh, with adults and and, uh, counselors and leaders, so thanks for all that you guys do for our Pathfinders. We got the best Pathfinders in the world, I think. So glad you're here today. If you're new, if this is your very first time, maybe you're joining online, it's your first time here at Forest Lake and you don't know what Pathfinders is, um, it's kind of like Boy Scouts, kind of like Girl Scouts, but it's in our church and, and they learn about Jesus in lots of different ways. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're joining us today. I get the honor to preach alongside our preacher of the day, Christian Farrell. What an incredible guy. Uh, he's a seventh grader, but I've known him since I got here a year and a half ago. And I got to be a part of his baptism, one of my first baptisms here at Forest Lake. And it's been a joy to watch you grow and, and uh, follow Jesus, Christian. And I'm so glad that I get to preach alongside you today. Um, As we begin, I know you're going to pray for us. Dear God, help us us to understand the lesson you want us to learn and help us to bring others closer to you. Amen. Amen. By a show of hands, how many of you are scared of the dark? Mm, There's a a few honest people out there. Pastor Matt, are you scared of the dark? (laughs) I don't know if I want to admit that I might be scared of the dark a little bit. I'm not really scared of the dark but I'm scared sometimes of what roams around in the dark. Um, my house is right next to Wakaiba Springs State Park. Some of you guys live close by as well. And we get all sorts of animals that just come across the street into our neighborhood, all kinds. During the daytime, you get the red-shouldered hawks, you get you know, the ibis that fly over the golf course. But at night, it's a whole nother story. You get raccoons, you get possums. Uh, not too long ago, my phone vibrated. I woke up and I looked over my phone and there was an alert on it that said that there was motion in my driveway. And normally I get it on the side of my house or the back of my house, creatures running around. This was my driveway. And I thought, what is happening? Is someone robbing my house right now? Like, what's going on? And so I opened up the app on my phone. This is what I saw. That's a big boy right there. Here he is going back the other way. <laughs> that's, that's right next to my house. It's, it's like, I mean, he's almost touching the garage door as he walks by. There's some crazy stuff that happens around my house uh, at night when you can't see, when you don't know what's happening out there. Some wild things happen. How about you, Christian? Have you experienced anything like that? Um, yeah, I have before. For example, my family lives in front of a big forest. We also get plenty of animals there too, like black bears, um, coyotes, foxes, and even wild boar. About a year ago, one late evening, my dad sent me out by myself into the woods to put some wood back there. I had never been back there alone before, but I went there anyways because, because I trusted my dad would not send me to a place where I would get hurt. That trust is called faith. Hmm. When you're alone or by yourself, you need to have faith to get through your fears. Hmm. Faith to get through your fears. 
I love how the author of Hebrews describes and defines faith. We don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, although we think it's Paul. And here's how he puts it in Hebrews 11.1. 1. He says this, here it is on the screen. Now faith is confidence in what you hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So faith is believing and having confidence that God will be with us whether we can see him or not. Mm -hmm. Today, we get to see a real life story about someone's faith when they could not see. If you've got your Bible with you, I invite you to open it to Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, where we see a familiar story with a powerful point. If you didn't, if you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, there are some blue Bibles in the pews in front of you. You can follow along on page 692. And if you're turning in your Bible or while you're looking it up, maybe on your phone or your own Bible, I'll give you a little context. So Jesus has been busy, he's been preaching, he's been teaching, he's been leading. People are hearing about him. They're flocking to him. At one point, he goes up on the hillside above the Sea of Galilee, and uh, people come from all over to be around him. And just like most preachers are today, Jesus is a little long-winded. And as he's preaching along, the day gets a little bit longer. People begin to get hungry. You know this part of the story well. There's no food. There's no Taco Bell. There's no Chick-fil-A. There's no Zaxby's for some of you edgy Adventists, you know. And so he says, what am I going to do? And so a little boy has his sack lunch with loaves of bread and fish. And Jesus does a miracle and he feeds 5,000 men plus the women and children. And what's crazy about this story is that the people that grow the most in their faith with Jesus are not the 5,000 people. It's the 12 people right with him that have followed him all the way because they're the ones that knew he was Jesus. They knew he was the Savior. They knew he was the Messiah, yet they were the ones that thought, what are we going to do? Where, what are you going to do, Jesus? The story kind of ends as Jesus ushers the crowd away, and it's like he hurries them away because he has a life lesson in faith that he wants to give to the disciples and to you and me this morning, and that's where we pick up in the story today. Matthew 14, verse 22 says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Every time I hear this story, that's the part right there that gets me, because I can totally relate to these guys. They're out on a boat somewhere. I don't even know whose boat it is, probably one of their boats, fishermen. They're out in the middle of the lake. They're way out there. It's been hours. Uh, it's, there's no moonlight. There's no stars. I imagine it like this foggy mist that is just kind of hanging over the, the, the still water, and they're there floating. They can't see anything. And off in the distance, they, they think they see something. It's glowing or shimmering or glinting, and they wonder, is it a ghost? What is this? You know, in my house growing up, I have experienced things like this. In fact, if you have stairs in your house, especially if you have a basement, which they're very rare in Florida, you know exactly what the disciples were feeling. 
And growing up in my house in, in Tennessee, we had a single-story house with a drive-under garage where you'd park the car, and down in the basement, it was sketchy down there. You didn't know what was living down there. Spiders and, and scary things, you just didn't know, and so I didn't go down there too often. But every once in a while, at night, I would need to go down to get something out of a box in storage, and so I'd go downstairs, these rickety, kind of uh, creaky wooden stairs, it can't get any more spooky than this, down into the darkness, down into the basement, get whatever it is. Now, at the bottom of the stairs, there was a light switch that controlled the light for the stairs, and if I wanted to add a little bit of thrill into my life, I would flip the light switch off and then dash up the stairs as fast as I could, knowing that there's something trying to kill me that's right behind me. Have you been there before? You know what I'm talking about. Christian, something like this has happened to you too, hasn't it? Yeah. I remember one late night, my mom and I were painting upstairs. When we were done, my mom realized that she left her phone up there, so she sent me up to get it for her. I was panicking on the inside because I was extremely scared of going up the stairs by myself at night. I asked if she could come with me, but she told me I needed to trust her. I really didn't want to go up the stairs, but I did it anyway. Yep. Yeah. Every one of us is afraid of something. We all have different fears. They're not all the same for each of us, but we're all afraid of something. Some of you? are afraid of heights. Anybody? Afraid of heights? You in the balcony, not so much. That's good. (laughs) Almost four years ago, my family went to Arizona to see the Grand Canyon. In one spot, there was a gift shop hanging off the side of the cliff. Here's a picture of it. When we went inside it, there was one part where there was a walkway that went straight over the canyon. They call it the Skywalk. It's made completely out of glass, and before you go over it, they make you wear slippers so the glass won't break below you. Some of you that are acrophobic, your palms are sweaty. Why do you have your eyes closed, a few of you? I'm just kidding. (laughs) If you're not scared of heights, Are any of you scared of small spaces? Any claustrophobes here? The same person in the back, I won't won't point at them, is both acrophobic and claustrophobic. Same person. Claustrophobic, man, the small spaces, I can't can't do it. Uh, I remember as a kid, we went to GC, a general conference session out in St. Louis, Missouri. Some of you probably were there as well. And uh, my family wanted to go see the St. Louis Arch, this beautiful piece of architecture, this really cool thing. And, and so we go to the arch and we, we pay our tickets, and we, or we pay our money, get our tickets, and we go to the elevators. And there's a whole bunch of elevators. And as the door slides open, you look inside and it looks like a, a coffin-like tomb. Here's what it looks like. Here's a picture of it. Look at that. You're not getting in that thing. It, it, that, that's the whole thing. It's like the camera's inside and it, seat, it seats five people in there. Now my dad and mom and sister and I, we climb into this thing. My dad's six foot four, he's a big dude. We're all bent over, our knees are touching in the middle. He, he, he's closing his eyes, I'm breathing heavy. My, my blood pressure's going through the roof and we get to the very top of this thing and I don't know if I can handle it that much money anymore. Claustrophobic, some of you are scared of small spaces. Maybe you might be afraid of clowns. Anybody? Or those dolls? They're scary too. Mm-hmm. 
Some of you introverts, you're scared of large crowds. And in first service, I was joking. If that's you, you're probably watching online. Some of you might even be afraid of not fitting in. Some of you, or a lot of us maybe, are afraid of failure. But no matter what your fear is, do you trust God? The story goes on in verse 27, as the disciples are terrified of what they cannot see, and it says this, Jesus immediately says to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. On the screen is a very important point that we cannot forget. In the middle of what we cannot see, Jesus is always there. I'm gonna say it again, Christian. In the middle of what we cannot see, Jesus is always there. And it's easy to say that. It's easy to read it out loud. It's a whole nother thing to actually put it into practice in your life. Because Peter, as he's sitting in the boat, as he doesn't know what's out on the water, as he, as he sees something and he, he hears Jesus' voice and he knows it's Jesus' voice because he, he knows what it sounds like because he's been with him, he doesn't just believe. He almost says, hey, Jesus, prove it. Here's what he says, it says in verse 8. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, then prove it and tell me to come out on the water. Do we sometimes not believe God's word? and ask him to prove himself to us. Isaiah 41.10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's who God says he is. Do we believe it? He says he's right there with us and we don't need to be afraid, yet do you believe it? Here's another one, Isaiah 40, verse 31. Here it is on the screen. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Do you believe it? Romans 8.28 also says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And we hear these promises and we've buried them in our hearts as kids growing up and as adventurers and pathfinders and students and your family worship and wherever you heard these promises and you know them in your heart, but do you believe them? Do you believe that God is who he says he is? Jesus' words to Peter take him to the next step of faith. That's called putting faith into action. Verse 29 to 30 says, Come, Jesus said, Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. This story, this part of the story is so relatable to me. Uh, You see Peter, he's stepping out in faith. Uh, Jesus is proving who he is. And as Peter's walking, he takes a couple steps and he gets distracted. And it makes me think, what are the distractions that keep us from focusing on the one that has all the power to make it happen? So many of us get so distracted by all sorts of different things, and I'm thinking of a few this morning, like distracted by our jobs. Oh man, we live in a rat race world where that's all we focus on. We have no, no time for anything else other than our work. 
Maybe some of us get distracted by our families. It's good stuff, yet we're so distracted from the good things, or from the best things, that we look at the good things. Some of us are distracted by uh, schoolwork and homework. Can I get a witness, anybody? Man, those teachers are awesome, but they sure give lots of assignments. Some of us are distracted by girlfriends or boyfriends, or maybe just drama in life and challenges and struggles. And whatever it is, it tends to distract us from keeping our eyes on Jesus. What are some of the distractions that pull your eyes from Jesus? I love how, as Peter's sinking, Jesus doesn't wait very long. It's not after Peter goes under the water and is bubbling and choking and gurgling. The Bible says this in verse 31, as Peter begins to sink, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? As Jesus says those words to Peter, it's like he's asking them to you and me this morning. Why do you doubt? What causes your faith to waver? One of my favorite theme parks is SeaWorld. I remember just as you turn the corner, you get a thrilling scare from the people riding the manta zip by across your face with only these straps that go across your chest. Any SeaWorld fans out there? A few, in the front row. Nobody over the age of 15 raised their hand there. I remember when I was younger, my dad used to try to get me to ride the Mako all the time. Mako was the one that scared me the most because there was these little lap bars that didn't fit all the way across your chest. The Mako scared me, oh, wait. I think it's the fourth highest roller coaster in the state of Florida too. Before we sat down, my dad told me that everything would be all right. Even though I had never ridden this ride before, even though I didn't know what was gonna happen, even though I was terrified, even though I can see how I would, I, this would keep me from flying away, I believed in my father that he would never put me in harm's way. No matter what you're going through, no matter how dark it is in your life, Jesus wants us to take courage because he's with us no matter what. Amen.